Hey everyone, it's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and today we have Natalie Simmelman on from HomegrownHolistic.com. Natalie is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and today we are going to talk about micronutrients. Welcome Natalie, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks, hi. Natalie, uh, let everybody know um, a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah. So like you said, I'm a functional nutrition, nutrition. Oh my gosh. We were just talking about this functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, that means that I am holistically trained, um, in functional medicine. I work primarily with women, um, with chronic illnesses or, you know, chronic symptoms, trying to eradicate them. Um, hormones are kind of my specialty, my favorite as long as well as digestive health, but they're kind of connected together, hormones and digestion. Um, yeah, that's me. Excellent. And um, so as an FNTP, <laughs> um, yes, um, an, or, or a nutritional therapist, um, what, mm-hmm. like, how do you work with clients? Like what, what is that like, you know, when somebody works with you? Yeah. So when somebody comes to me, it's usually because, like I said, they have a chronic illness that they've been trying to eradicate. They're not getting answers that they want from their doctors. Um, You know, just something just really weighing on them, heavy on them, that's disrupting their life. So when they come to me, we do a discovery call that usually takes about an hour, hour and a half. um, And we just break it down. We talk about a little bit of everything. And then um, we just move forward from there. So there's uh, a few tests that I offer. Uh, I know one that we're going to talk about quite a bit today, the HTMA test. I also do digestive uh, testing. I do uh, food allergy testing. And I also do, um, it's like a comprehensive hormone panel test called the Dutch test. It's kind of getting some, some light lately. So people might know what that is. We start with testing. We also do lots of questionnaires and we just break it down and we figure out, you know, what's a good game plan for you. It's very bio individual. I don't have a program that I bought off of a website and just plug and play with everybody. It's all very different. It's based, based on specifically what you need. Like we just try to find whatever that optimal thing is for you. And it's always working with that symptom that's bothering you most. Usually I ask my clients, like of all everything, even after what I see, what are the top three things that you just really want to work on. And we just work side by side on that, however long it takes, three weeks, six years, but we're, we're in it together. Um, it's kind of a fun little process and it's really interesting. And, you know, it's kind of a passion of mine to see women finding that <clears throat> aha moment that's allowing them to take their health into their own hands. To just go a little step further outside of the gym and just regular, you know, nutrition knowledge. So yeah, it's a process. So (laughs) Natalie and I actually know each other, um, from our gym and we, one thing that I absolutely love, um, about you, Natalie is, you know, just the holistic perspective that you take on, Mm -hmm. you know, helping people heal their bodies and be able to live in alignment with their goals. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing y'all that Natalie really opened my eyes to, over the last few years of our friendship is the importance of micronutrients. And that's why we're going to talk about this today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we calories, calories are pretty simple. I think that all of us have a pretty solid grasp on, you know, how calories work and what they do for us. And I think that 
many of us, you know, have a pretty good understanding of macronutrients. And if y'all don't, I have some really great podcasts on, on here about that. Um, but you know, getting to understand micronutrients and the importance of them is something that I feel like, you know, we don't really talk about too much. So, Mm -hmm. um, Natalie, what exactly are micronutrients? Yeah. It's funny that you say that because the world is all about macronutrients, but you wouldn't have your macronutrients if you didn't have your micronutrients, right? Macronutrients are probably 30 to 40% of your body's function. Micronutrients are almost up to 90% of your body's functions. So macronutrients are building blocks, right? It's building blocks for energy, for muscle building, but your micronutrients are for the whole function of your body. Every single part of your body functions off of micronutrients. And there's two micronutrients. That's it vitamins and minerals. So without those two, you don't have macronutrients, right? Um, What's the words I'm looking for? So micronutrients, without micronutrients, your body does not absorb macronutrients. So they're kind of like the tiny little enzyme receptors behind your body's use of macronutrients, if that makes sense. It's almost like they're cofactors to each other. So what is the difference between vitamins and minerals? Mm-hmm. Vitamins and minerals. It's pretty simple. So vitamins are organic. That means that they come from plants or animals and minerals are inorganic elements. So they come from like your soil, your water, your rocks. Um, what would be, what are a few examples of each of them? Mm-hmm. So my favorite one is calcium and potassium. Those are probably my two favorite minerals. Um, those are both found in the soil. That's why you find it in plant matter because it's actually coming from the soil. And then for vitamins, you know, you have your basic, you have your vitamin C, your vitamin B, vitamin D. Um, yeah. So vitamins are more like antioxidants. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, well, uh, what do, what did each of them, what do they do for us? <laughs> Well, like I said, they're the building blocks, right? So vitamins support your metabolic process, tissue growth, digestion, elimination, which is your bowel movements, um, and your immune function. They also prevent diseases, deficiencies, where minerals help regulate your blood, um, the pH factor of your blood. It um, facilitates the transfer of nutrients. So without minerals in the tissue, your body can't transfer the vitamins around your body. Um, And then um, tissue growth, structure, functional support, recovery from the gym. You need your minerals for that because your minerals are your, you know, your calcium, your magnesium, and your potassium. Those are key. Those are vital for, you know, everything. Your your heart can't beat without those. Wow. Um, So Mm -hmm. really, really important stuff. Um, (laughs) I would imagine that you know, it's important to, for us to make sure that, you know, we are consuming enough of them, Mm -hmm. um, or even getting too many. So yeah. How do you know if you're consuming the right amount? If you're eating a nutrient dense, high variety diet, you know, that saying like eat the rainbow, that's literally where it comes from right? Because all the colors of the food of your fruits and vegetables, every color provides something different. There's a different vitamin in there. So if you're eating 90% of your diet is nutrient dense, whole food, not eating processed food, not eating processed sugar. I mean, maybe a little, but not 
a lot, you know, that sticking to that 90%, you know, that saying that like 80 to 80, 20, that mm -hmm. always cracks me up because if you think about it, 20% is a lot. So if 20% of your food is like coming from processed food or restaurants, that's, that's a, that's a lot of your, of your life. But if you're looking more at like 90%, then you're getting the nutrients that you need. But then are you absorbing them? That's the most important part. That whole saying like you are what you eat is kind of like BS. It's really like you are what you're absorbing. Um, so that's something to think about. Um, but yeah, if your diet is rich and full of colors and it's coming from plants and it's coming from whole source food, then you're probably getting enough. But then you have to look at your body and see, am I having symptoms where I'm not absorbing them? Am I having digestive distress? You know, and do I have acne? Is my hair falling out? Like so many things you have to look at to see if your digestion is working. And if not, then you probably need to work on your digestion. Um, so those are like the top two things that we usually look at with my clients is, are you eating the rainbow? Are you eating that full spectrum? And then how's your digestion? Because it's more important if you're digesting it or not. And then you said that some, um, some of our vitamins and minerals actually help with our digestion. Mm -hmm. So if you're not digesting properly, like mm -hmm. it's kind of like, it's a, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. So then how the heck do you help someone be able to absorb all of their micronutrients when yeah. you know they're like, what do you do? Yeah. This is where that test comes in. That I was talking about the HTMA test. I never with a client want to test or guess without testing. So that's that, you know, assuming that because somebody has a symptom that it's obviously this, if you take the HTMA test, it stands for hair tissue mineral analysis. It breaks down your levels of everything and also looks at your ratios. It's an awesome test. It's less than a hundred dollars. Um, you know, you just have to pay somebody to analyze it for you outside of that, but the test itself is under a hundred dollars and it's going to tell you where your minerals is strictly your minerals. It's going to tell you what those levels are, what the percentages are and what they're pointing towards like digestion, thyroid. Um, you know, say if your calcium levels are crazy high, why is that? Do you have a calcium shell? Are you actually depleted in calcium? Um, or are you over in calcium? But taking a test like that, it's going to let you know where you stand in those. And of course, like you're going to, you're going to have symptoms, right? We all have those symptoms. So we know some of those things too. Um, but working with clients and then, you know, working with clients and looking at their digestion and looking at their symptoms and throwing in that HTMA test, it's really the most efficient way to do it. Um, but there are, of course, there are some like random minerals that we all know that the majority of us are deficient in, right? Like we have like our magnesium and things like that. Um, but I don't know if I just like went into a whole circle and actually answered your question, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's kind of tricky, right? It's a, it, it, it's, it's a lot harder than it sounds just doing it on your own and just assuming because you have this symptom that it's this mineral or vitamin that you're deficient in. Um, and it's important to not just like throw a mineral or vitamin at it because minerals and vitamins all work as a system of a whole um, where they all need each other. 
Um, so if you start um, supplementing with one, you're going to throw the balance off of another one. Um, and then you just create the whole, like you said, the snowball effect or like a domino effect with them. Well, before we move on to the next question, um, just since we're on the topic of, you know, testing and, and having someone read, how can people work with you? Mm-hmm. You just go to my website and um, the information's on there. I even have on my website, like the information on the tests that I do. Um, but really the best thing to do is just like chit chat. Sometimes we just do that discovery call and we can figure something out too. I mean, the HDMA test, I usually run on almost all of my clients. It's to me, the most interesting and comprehensive test that you need just for general, um, knowledge of health. Um, and it's really a good way for you to understand your own body too, because isn't that the whole point of it is to empower you to be able to learn how to take your health into your own hands and not need somebody. Um, so learning that HTMA, it's, it's amazing how many clients get like that aha, like, oh man, I have been suffering with this. And I never even realized how it was just linked to being, you know, low in potassium or, or phosphorus or something like that. That's so fascinating. And so y'all, mm-hmm. for y'all listening, um, homegrown holistic.com is Natalie's site where you can get that information. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that you mentioned too, and I've heard many, many times is, um, eating like eat the rainbow and, um, mm-hmm. eat a variety. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. What is that? Like, what would, an, what would an example kind of day look like of like eating in variety? Because you know, that it's like, so gen, it's so general that it, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, what does that actually mean to you? I know it is general. So you, Okay. When I work with clients, I, first of all, I am aware of where they live. So you should be aware of where you live and what uh, farming season you're in. So you want to eat fruits and vegetables that are in season at the time. Um, So if you're eating seasonally, your fruits and vegetables, you know, automatically you're going to have a rotation, right? Because whatever's in season right now, like for us in Florida, we're, we're strawberries and we're going to start coming out of that. Um, and then we'll move on to something else or like we just came out of citrus. So right there, you're already eating rotationally, right? Because you're following the natural, um, the natural growth of whatever is in your region. Um, in Florida, it can be a little bit different for us because we have this weather all year round that we can literally grow anything almost all year round. Um, but it's not like that for other people. Um, so that's a good way to do it. You want to do it also with your proteins too. So not to bash um, macro counting because I know I'm doing it right now, but a lot of times you see people get into the habit of they eat literally the same breakfast, the same lunch, the same dinner every day because it's easy for them. But so they're eating turkey, chicken, shrimp, turkey, chicken, shrimp, turkey, chicken, shrimp. Well, you're not, what about, you know, red meat where you're getting your B vitamins because your B vitamin, red meat has your B vitamins you know, every single food has a different nutrient in it. So just being aware of that. I mean, of course, like if we go to Costco and we buy a giant bag of broccoli, maybe for a week, we're real heavy on the broccoli. So then maybe the next week do um, something that's red, do red bell peppers, Um, you know, mix up the colors, mix up the food. That's, I mean, essentially that's the best way to do it. And mixing up your proteins, especially for us women, our thyroids love a variety of protein and your protein can come from so many different things but different amino acids, um, are in different, uh, protein profiles. So the body really likes to switch that up. I've always, really, I've yeah. wondered about that 
because we, Tyler makes a lot of chicken. So Mm -hmm. for lunch, I try to eat a lot of turkey. Um, and and we do eat red meat and we do eat pork and we do eat different Mm -hmm. kinds of fish and, and, um, shellfish, but I've always Mm -hmm. wondered that, like, I wonder if I'm doing the right thing by having, Mm -hmm. you know, turkey instead of always just chicken. Right. Yeah. That is the best way to do it. And even, you know, if you gravitate towards certain things, because we all have busy schedules. So, you know, pulling out ground turkey or pulling out, you know, chicken breast, keeping it simple for yourself, but then have have other things on hand like broths, stocks, um, gelatin, like gelatin powder. It's real easy to make like homemade little gelatins, you know, in your fridge. Those are all protein sources too. So, you know, you can switch it up in that sense as well. Like if you want, if you usually have a cup of tea in the afternoon, have a cup of broth instead and get that protein in there, um, that different source of protein. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, this is going way deep and you might (laughs) not know the answer, but like, if you were to eat chicken thighs versus chicken breast, do you think that Mm -hmm. those have different amino acid profiles? Or is it because it's the, mm -hmm, yeah, it totally does. So chicken thigh is, um, it has more tendons and collagen in it. So the amino acid profile, you're going to have a lot more glycine in it where chicken breast has almost no glycine. Um, And glycine is the amino acid that you need for connective tissue regrowth in your body. Um, So think about, um, you know, your muscle breaking down at the gym. Um, If you've had a baby, if you've had a C-section, if you have a tear, anything, scar tissue, glycine is the one that you need. So thinking like cheaper cuts of meat actually have higher amino acid profiles than the more expensive cuts of meat you know, like a filet and a chicken breast has way less amino acid profile chains than, um, chicken thigh and a, you know, cheap cut. I don't even know what a cheap cut steak is like a sirloin or something like that. Um, anything that's real tenony tissuey has a lot of skin actually has more protein and more amino acid profile has more fat, but it has more amino acid profile on it. Mm. Or even um, organs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Organs. Okay. Yes. I just, yes. I just had this conversation today, actually that liver, um, this is going deep again too, because if somebody has an MTHFR, um, which is a genetic mu- gene mutation, a lot of people do it's, we're looking at like 60% of the population that has it. It's not a scary thing or something to be worried about. It's just that literally almost nobody has a perfect genetic chain because of, you know, things that we've done starting with world war ii just genetically started breaking us down processed food stress whatever but anyways if you have an mthfr a lot of people that have that their b vitamins need to be methylated in order for them to properly absorb and so i was curious about that i was like i wonder what foods naturally come with methylated b vitamins liver liver is so high in B vitamins and all the B vitamins in there are naturally methylated. So people that have an MTHFR um, can get their methylated B from eating liver. Wow. And I mean, they're like, I, I don't like liver. I like goose liver, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but like, but then, I mean, I know like, Mm -hmm. we're not going to talk a whole lot about supplementing, but there are like liver supplements that you can take. Yeah. Are those like Mm -hmm. even worthwhile? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's some out there. I forget what that guy's name is. He's called the Liver King. His company's Ancestral Supplements. He has desiccated liver. He has desiccated thyroid. I love the desiccated kidney. I take that one religiously every day because I only have one kidney. So I feel like it helps me a lot, um, especially with my histamine. A lot of uh, histamine reaction is based out of kidney health. Um, so I take that one, <clears throat> but also if you can't eat it, a simple way to do it is to cut it up into pea, like the size of a pea, the liver when it's raw and then freeze it and then just pop it and take it like a pill, just swallow it. So it's a nice small size. Um, and you're taking it raw instead of cooked or dehydrated. So you're getting it in its truest form and it's frozen. So when it's frozen, you can't taste it at all. You just pop it like a pill, super easy. Um, the hardest part is to find a good, clean, grass-fed liver. That's the hardest part is you have to have a good source of where to buy your liver. You can't just buy it willy-nilly at the grocery store. You want it to be a proper pasture-raised, grass-fed in order because, you know, a liver is a filter. So you want it to be a happy, healthy, you know, clean animal. Yep. I've, I've always wondered about that too because I'm like, well, if this is the thing that actually cleans the body out, what mm-hmm. if the animal isn't eating good quality, yeah. Yeah. you know, food sure. sources, then am mm-hmm. I, am I taking in, you know, things that actually right. aren't helpful to me? So, right. And think about it. If that um, animal wasn't humanely slaughtered, then they were very stressed out. And you know, what happens to your body when it's stressed, your cortisol is spiked, you know, your insulin is spiked. So then you're going to eat meat that was, you know, broken down at the time of the animal being in total stress state. This is man. Yeah. But that's (laughs) save that for hormone talk though. That's not, that's not micronutrients. That's hormones. (laughs) The like, there's just so, so, so much to think about when it comes to this stuff. Mm -hmm. I like, I, I always, this is why I wanted to have Natalie on you guys, because I always learn Mm -hmm. whenever I'm talking to her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, it's like, I love it. It's great. So, um, for general health purposes, what Mm -hmm. are some of the most important, um, micronutrients for, uh, for us to look at? Yeah, I'll break it down. So, um, vitamins, I already said it, B vitamins. Those are huge. Those are huge for your hormones, for your metabolism, for your mental health, for tissue growth, the whole gamut of B. We kind of already know that, but I just want to like emphasize it. Um, Vitamin A, that's a big one. That's like so important, but I will emphasize, do not ever supplement with vitamin A unless you know you are deficient in vitamin A, especially for the women out there, because vitamin A, if you are throwing that off, you will throw off your copper. You will throw off your thyroid. Those three are together. So, but vitamin A is really important. And a lot of women are extremely deficient in it um, or they have too much of it, but that's another talk for another time. Vitamin C, of course, we always need vitamin C. And when you're looking for vitamin C, if you want to supplement, that's one that I usually tell people go ahead and supplement with. I don't care, but just when you're, um, when you are supplementing with it, make sure you're not supplementing supplementing with an ascorbic or a citric acid. Um, those are not true vitamin C's and they will throw off your other, um, vitamins and minerals. But other than that, vitamin C is a great one for people to go and buy, you know, look for one that's made from like acerola, um, cherries or cranberries, um, vitamin D because 
vitamin D I want to emphasize because we are in the land of people that are petrified of the sun. Um, I won't go too into that because I know it's always a debate. Um, the sun is not out to kill you. It's the very thing that gives you life. <clears throat> but we're so petrified of it that we're slathering these SPFs all over our bodies before we even absorb any vitamin D. So give your body a little break and get some sun for 20 minutes. You know, you don't have to burn, but 20 minutes a day with no sunscreen on. I know, um, you know, doctors are telling you or even your um, your, your esthetician like to slather that stuff on before you even step out the door. And it's making us so deficient in vitamin D. It's like, it's scary. Um, vitamin E and then our K vitamins, you know, those are big ones. And my favorite with vitamin K, we talk about this one a lot, right? K vitamins are like your butyric acid. And the best way to get that is from grass fed butter, that Kerrygold butter, man. It's heaven. <laughs> Mine and Natalie's <laughs> like favorite thing. I know I could just, I mean, I, I eat it by the spoonful sometimes. So I just look at it. I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> So then minerals, those are easy. We kind of talk about that. I mean, they're kind of called your ash minerals, um, but I won't go into that because it's kind of like, there's no need to go into that, but it's calcium chloride, magnesium, sodium, heavy highlight on the sodium, sulfur, phosphorus, and another heavy highlight on the potassium. Um, those are kind of like your seven essential minerals. Essential means that your body does not make them. You have to give it to your body, if that makes sense. Like it is up to you to give it to your body, essential. It is not naturally made by your body. Um, and we're really deficient in it because we're not giving that to our body. Um, we are, we're going to get into um, sodium a little bit here in a second. Oh, good. Um, I love that topic. Yes. That's, it's such a good one. Um, but before mm-hmm. we do, like, are there, you know, like you said, like, mm-hmm. don't, don't guess test. Yeah. And so guess. these tests that you do with people can actually show you what minerals like, or vitamins mm-hmm. that you could be deficient in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or have too much of, or have too much of. And then even that is like, that tells you, you know, that there could be another issue going on. It's not just simply, right. oh, you don't eat enough of this. It it could be, well, you're eating enough of this, but you're not absorbing this because of this right. reason. Yeah. There could be a metabolic breakdown in there somehow. That's so fascinating. So y'all, if you, I mean, I, I like, I'm going to, I'm going to do the test with you, Natalie, to find out. Cause I'm <laughs> super interested now. I know. I mean, it's a fun one why not learn this stuff? You know, you never know mm-hmm. what, what things you might uncover about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and think about it. Like I said, the test is less than a hundred dollars. How many hundreds of dollars of supplements do you have sitting on your shelf that you have no reason why, no knowledge? Like, why are you taking that? That's my favorite client question is like, I ask them, what supplements are you taking? Okay. Well, why are you taking those? You don't know. You know, how many do you have on your shelf? They have no clue why you're taking, you're just taking it because it, you feel like you should, but why, why are you taking it? Right. I mean, like, I feel like multivitamins are super common. Um, garbage. Magnesium got really popular there for a while. And Mm -hmm. that's one of them where like, I just started taking it and it's like, why I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. So I just stopped 
and I don't, I don't feel any different. Yeah. Um, there's no difference. Yeah. But you know, it's just yeah. one of those things where you read, read an article and there's, it's like a scary article. If you don't get enough magnesium, mm-hmm. then you know, this, this, and this yeah. can happen. But like, yeah, no, there's no baseline. Yeah. There's no baseline. Right. And you don't know. So, I mean, what if you're really low in calcium and you're reading that article and now you start pounding out the magnesium? Well, guess what's going to happen to your calcium? It's going to go even lower because they're cofactors of each other. They have to be, it's like a seesaw, you know, you can't have one without the other. And then, you know, like, do you, when you work with people, um, Mm -hmm. let's say there, there was like a deficiency, um, there's, you know, no major issues, like no major metabolic issues, no major hormonal issues, no major digestive issues. Would you Mm -hmm. be more likely to recommend somebody like get that, you know, vitamin K or vitamin A from a food source before supplementing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always food first, always food first, because food comes with the natural cofactors where if you're supplementing, you're not providing the cofactors. Does that make sense? So like food comes naturally put together exactly how it's supposed to be. So if you're eating a dark leafy green for your calcium, you're also getting phosphorus. You're also getting, you know, magnesium chloride, sulfur, all of that is in there. And it's all the same levels that it's supposed to be. Whereas if you're grabbing it from a bottle, then you're just taking that supplement. You're just taking that vitamin. Um, and then you're going to throw all the other ones off. And then long-term, all you're going to do is you're going to get a new symptom and you're, you know what I mean? So now you're, you're just going to constantly just live your whole life trying to like backtrack to fix what the next one does. Um, yeah, it's an infinite loop when you start doing that. But then are, are there any times where you just straight up, you know, will suggest supplementing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For therapeutic purposes. Okay. Yeah. If there's, yeah. So, I mean, if there's something chronic going on, um, for instance, like say if somebody has like adrenal fatigue and I see on their HTMA test that they are just like devastatingly low in, um, say calcium, then we will bring in a calcium supplement, but I'll still bring in some cofactors with it too. Um, and it'll be for a short period of time and we will watch it and we will retest. We won't take it forever more. Um, the point that, you know, I love supplements just like the, but they're, they're like a medication. You don't want to be on it forever. You know, you don't want to be dependent on these things. You shouldn't have to be your body. I mean, they don't grow from trees. You know, there's no reason why you should be on it all the time. Um, and that's, if you have that like chronic thing going on and you need it for therapeutic purposes, but the goal is to not have to take anything. Um, and then one other little thing that we were talking about, cause you mentioned vitamin D. Mm. I remember during, um, during COVID, um, I mean, I guess we're forever during COVID, but like when, <laughs> when we were in the height of it, um, I remember reading an article that talked about studies that had been done. Um, and you know, and for all of y'all listening, know mm-hmm. I'm like, have a fascination with Scandinavia. And I remember reading about how like they have their like vitamin D, like vitamin D deficiency was more prevalent in Southern Europe than it was Mm -hmm. in Northern European countries. Yeah. And, you know, we go back to talking about like that 20 minutes of sunlight, you know, Mm -hmm. some, you know, 
for part of the year, a lot of folks up there do not get any sunlight. You know, the people mm-hmm. who are in, who are North of the Arctic circle, like they'll go a couple months without getting any at all. So, you know, there is that, but they eat so much fish up there. Fish. Yeah, yeah. It's that DHA that's in that fish. Yep. I've, I've always just, you know, I find that to be extraordinarily fascinating, but I also mm-hmm. know too, just from like meeting people in my travels, as well as, you know, following different bloggers from up there when, you know, if they're only, if they're in that point, you know, during the late fall and early spring where they're getting four or five hours of sunlight or just simple mm-hmm. like twilight kind of, they mm-hmm. always make it a point to go outside you know, if it's like that one hour window at noon, they go, they go outside, they leave their office, they go outside and they just sit there and they like get the sun on their face because it makes a huge difference. Um, I know they talk about how mentally it makes a huge difference for them, but I imagine Mm -hmm. that that plays a role in, you know, getting some kind of vitamin D just from that little bit of sunlight too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we even see it with our animals, right? Like they recharge themselves too. Or if, you know, if you've ever had a dog that's like, you know, very old, you'll see that that's their favorite thing to do is to lay in the sun. And it's not for the warmth. It's because it's, you know, beneficial for their cells. They know it's healing. Yep. Didn't you post something just recently? Not, not just recently, but like in the last year. So you had a, your dog had surgery and he sat out in the sun. Yeah, Abe. So he's a dachshund and they're prone to the IVDD um, where they have the um, spinal injury. And he did. That's all he wanted to do. He would just lay out there and he would follow the sun and he would expose that part of his back to like where the brightest part of the sun was. It blew my mind just watching him do that. He would go out there like a little sundial and just keep rotating with the sun, letting it penetrate his, his back where the surgery was. It's like, yeah, I mean, just like we have this innate knowing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but so many of us refuse to pay attention to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why'd we turn that off? It's so, it blows my mind. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk um, a little bit about salt because that's a super hot mm-hmm. one right now. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, if you pay any attention to things like the, the CDC says, or the American mm-hmm. Heart Association, yeah. says, like oh gosh, Americans yeah. get too much sodium. And you know what, like that could very well be true because so many people eat so much processed food, yes. but for mm-hmm. those of us, you know, who are in tune with our eating, you know, we do the 90, 10, even the 80, 20, mm-hmm. um, yeah. what's your take on salt for those of us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I love salt. I love it. I absolutely love it. It, I'm always in a debate on this with my mother who has extremely high blood pressure and has a donated kidney because her doctors tell her all the time that she cannot eat salt. And I remember being a little girl and watching my grandma and my great grandma. I don't know if this product still exists, but it's called no salt. It's in a shaker, like a little um, cardboard shaker. And it's called no salt. And I remember eating it when I was a kid and I was like, what the hell? This is disgusting. It was no salt, salt. So salt, when I hear salt, it's just like, it's just like when I hear somebody talk about cholesterol, right? There's two things that have the same name 
that should not be named the same thing. And that's salt and sodium. Like they are kind of two totally different things. Um, salt is a mineral, sodium is a mineral, but then you also have salt that is made in a laboratory. That's table salt. That's the salt you find in processed food. It is literally not salt. There is no sodium in it besides for sodium, which is stupid because here I go. This is what I'm talking about. Like it has the same name, but really it shouldn't, it should not have the same name. It's not the same thing. Um, so that is laboratory made. It's got fluoride in it. It's got sugar in it. It has bleach in it. Um, it has formaldehyde in it. Like that is not, and that causes like major inflammation in the body, water retention. It's basically a foreign object, but then you have salt that's the sodium that comes from the sea. So sea salt, or you also have rock salt, Himalayan sea salt, volcanic um, rock. It's a rock. It's literally a rock. It's a mineral. It has your potassium, it has your sodium in it, has all of those cofactors. And sodium is in, like I was saying, how like minerals or our um, micronutrients are like 90% of your body. Sodium itself is in 98% of your body's functions. Your muscles cannot function with it. You cannot retain moisture. You cannot retain fat to protect your organs. Like every single thing is reliant on sodium. And so these people get put on these diets where they're saying like no salt, no sodium. Well, they're depleting it in every source, no matter what it is. Um, and becoming deficient in it is giving you these exaggerated exponential symptoms that you're actually trying to eradicate. So it's, it's amplifying it, right? Like, so if somebody has like edema, they're told um, to not have any salt, but the swelling actually gets worse when they stop because their muscles can no longer, and their tissue can no longer like retract and hold moisture and release moisture like it's supposed to without the presence of sodium. So that's a big one, but also, with salt, like we know, like um, if you're in the gym or something, there's a huge thing going on right now. Rob Wolf created this product. It's called Element and it's delicious. I drink it every day and it's like electrolyte salt to put in your water. Like that's a really big thing, but where it lacks is potassium. Um, so that is something to think about with salts is you need to have potassium with it. So there's a company out there called Trace Elements. They have electrolytes, like liquid electrolytes you can put in your water. Um, I get theirs that's just pure potassium and I put a couple drops with when I add um, element salt to it. And if you look at other things too, any of your other electrolytes out there, they really like, they'll have potassium, but they don't have enough potassium in them. Um, but yeah, so with salt, it just drives me nuts. You know, when people are like, oh, I can't eat salt or they're not with enough salt. And there's a cool little trick that you can do too to see where your levels could be or should be is just adding salt to all of your waters that you drink. Um, you can start with like a pinch, like take your regular bottle, your hydro flask, whatever it is, take that, fill it up with the normal amount of water that you drink for the day and like start by like adding a pinch of salt, shake it up and drink it. And like, if you taste it or you don't taste it, if you don't taste it, add another pinch, add another pinch, add another pinch. And it's really interesting to see that people that eat like a really well nutrient dense diet and have low stress, just a pinch or two, they'll taste that salt. I've had clients that can put up to three tablespoons of salt in their 32 ounce bottle and still not taste it. 
because they're that deficient in sodium or they're living like such a high stress life that their adrenal glands are like, gimme, gimme, gimme more. And the body will change the flavor of things that you need or you don't need. Um, so that's kind of like a cool little test to see like if you're deficient, if you don't want to do the HDMA test, which will tell you um, your sodium and your, your ratios to it. But um, yeah, salt and people are so scared of it, just like they're scared of the sun, but it's like the sun and the salt are the things that are keeping you alive. Basically, you're saying go live at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right no stress tons of vitamin d lots of salt yeah it's like the perfect it's the perfect place to be um but for those of us who you know can't live at the beach or Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to um (laughs) i like city life but um what are what are some of your favorite salts yeah Um, Well, I like to mix it up just like the whole eating the rainbow. I do the same thing with salts. I have, I'm a salt collector. Um, If you want to just stick with one, sea salt is the best one. If you can find uh, sea salt, just like a flaked or a hard coarse one. Um, Himalayan pink salt is getting a lot of um, attention right now, but you need to be careful of that because um, Himalayan pink salt, it gets its pink actually from iron content in the soil so that pink can actually be high levels of iron and um well i mean that's a whole another we could have a whole podcast just on iron um we're not as depleted in iron as that we think that we are um so you want to be aware of that especially if you have any kind of like blood issues to be careful with the pink salt and even read the ingredients on pink salt because it's become so popular that you're finding some it's like sea salt with pink dye added to it um so yeah it's crazy I get this great salt it's from Japan it's these little old ladies outside of um Tokyo that collect seaweed and they cook it down and turn it into a salt um but it's like 80 dollars a pound but it's this beautiful tasting salt it's a good finishing salt instead of like a cooking salt But anyways, the whole point is um, every salt comes from a different form of mineral. So it's going to offer something different. So if you want to, you know, play around with it, mix it up um, with what you cook with. When you're baking, of course, stick with like your regular salt, because then you know what that salt is going to taste like and how to do your ratios. But if you're using it as your finishing salt or just like a tasting salt, it's fun to mix it up. Gray salt is a great one. And I love um, black lava salt on a margarita. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I somehow I ended up with some volcanic salt from somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. it's gone. I used all of it already because I yeah. I started adding it to my water and like it was mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember where it came from. I know that I think it was Hawaiian. Um, mm-hmm. but I am going to be in the market for some more of that soon because yeah. it is just, it's so good. Yeah. The thing I love about the black salt is that volcanic salt is that it doesn't, it's not as salty, if that makes sense. It's a very, uh, it's a more subtle salt taste. It's a lot more palatable, um, than some of your white salts are. And Tyler makes fun of me all the time because he's like, why are you putting that in your water? And I'm just like, it legitimately tastes good. Mm -hmm. 
So. There is, okay, so there's this cool thing that you can do. It's called soul water. And you soak your water overnight. For, well, it's more than overnight. It's 24 hours, 24 to 36 hours. You soak it in salt. Um, and then you drink it. So you strain the salt out of it and then you drink it. And they've done testing on it. The electricity and electrons, like the water is alive because it's received all of these minerals that the water is literally living at this point. And it's supposed to just be, it's a very Ayurvedic thing. Um, it's supposed to just bring whole life and electricity back into your body. So if you've had some sort of like chronic illness, like the flu or something where you just need to bring life back, um, the soul water is used a lot. And it's really interesting because it is very salty, but it's very palatable salty. You don't drink it and think, oh, that's too much. Like you would like a chloride salt, which is table salt. Um, it's really interesting if you research it too, it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, thousands of generations, you know, but back to like ancient China has been doing soul water as a therapy drink for, you know, chronic illnesses or bringing the dead back alive kind of thing. That's going to be our first adventure when we become food anthropologists. (laughs) (laughs) Soul water. I love it. I remember I was in nutrition school and there was this guy, his name was Critter, and he lived in a teepee in the middle of a farm in Northern New York. So he was like the hippie of all hippies. And I was like, man, what are you drinking? It's like this pale pink color. He's like, soul water. (laughs) Okay. I got to research this. I've never heard of it. And I researched it and it's like, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Who knew? Critter, Critter yeah. knows what's up. Critter knew what was up. He was so funny. His real name was Chris, but they, everybody called him Critter. He literally lived in a teepee. Um, and he still does on a farm in New York with no electricity, nothing. Oh, wow. He just, yeah, he's a far, farm worker. And he gets to live on the land for free because he works the farm and that's how he lives his life. And he probably eats a bunch of liver. And all of his gets all of his micros and he's probably a healthy, yeah. healthy man. Yeah, he, he is more power to him. I couldn't live like that, but yeah. <laughs> Critter. Awesome. Um, well, is there anything else that you feel like we didn't go over that you, you know, that we need to add to this before we wrap up? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, micronutrients, I try to keep it a little bit like topical to make it, you know, digestible for everybody. Um, But micronutrients, you can go real deep in. So if anybody has any questions, you know, my contact information is on that website, that homegrownholistic.com. So if you want to chew that a little bit and ask some questions, I'm always open for that. Or if you have specific questions on like supplements that you're taking or vitamins and minerals that they're taking, you know, give me a shout out we'll talk about it but I think that's the basic of it I mean it gets so sciencey micronutrients which I, I love to get into but um then you know I don't want your I don't want your listeners to fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> well we I mean like you said we could you could go real deep on iron you could go real deep on you know the the different mm-hmm. different micros and you know maybe yeah. Maybe we will do that in time, but, um, 
but yeah, yeah, I think everybody, we all need to go. We all need to hire Nat to uh, do yeah. some testing on us. And so we can find yeah. out, you know, like, or if you guys have, you know, anything that you feel like is going on with you um, or is not going mm-hmm. on with you that you want to change, then, mm-hmm. you know, like hire Natalie, you know, let her, let yeah. her do, let her do her magic, run some tests <laughs> and, you know, kind of figure out what's going on. So yeah. Yeah. And I'm always there just to, you know, talk to, because sometimes you feel very alone when you're on your path. So it's nice to have somebody in your corner to just kind of, you know, reassure or just to listen to your story. So I'm always there for that too. Yeah. We all need one of those. All right. Yeah, well, thank we you so much, Natalie, for being on. Um, and then just to um, remind you guys, it's homegrownholistic.com to find That's Natalie. It. That's where I am. Well, thank you guys for listening. And if you have any questions, you know where to reach me and we'll get you in touch with Nat. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thanks for being on. All right.